Hello and welcome along to CoinGeek Conversations and this week we've got something rather different for you and first of all I'd like to introduce a new colleague. Natalie Mason is a new producer who's working with me in London and I'm very pleased to have her on board. So hi Natalie. Hi, thank you so much Charles. And where are you speaking to me from? From the deep, darkest depths of North London. <laughs> and talking to me all the way across London because I'm in southwest London. So even though we're uh, only a few miles apart, we don't get to see each other, of course, like everybody else. And that is um, partly the theme of what we're going to be talking about this week. So do you want to explain what we're up to? Yes, well, given these unprecedented world circumstances that we're all under, we thought it would be good to find out how this is affecting people around the BSV community in these times of lockdown. Great, so that's what we're up to this week. Two very interesting points of view from different parts of the world, so please stick with us for Point Geek Conversations. So we've each had an interesting chat with somebody, which is what we're going to play in the podcast. So Natalie, do you want to start by introducing your conversation? I had a really good conversation with the CEO and founder of Money Button, Ryan X. Charles. And we hit on how it's affecting America right now, but also what this might mean for the future and how we handle pandemics going forward. Great. Well, let's listen to Ryan X. Charles. I live in San Francisco, California, and I was here when the, you know, all this stuff started getting really extreme in early March. And the, the California, so the San Francisco Bay Area was the first region in the United States to do a strong lockdown. So there are six counties in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, something like 6.7 million people, where uh, we were all told uh, you need to shelter in place and only essential businesses can stay open. So it was the first region in the United States to do that. And the other regions followed uh, most of them soon thereafter. Uh, but it tells you a bit about the Bay Area. In fact, there's a bit more there because of course the, the Bay Area is where many of these leading technology companies are. Companies like Apple, Google, Facebook, Twitter, you know, tons and tons and tons of technology yeah. companies. Quick, quick to take many action. Of, exactly. They were actually way ahead of all governments. Like they actually told their employees to work remotely very, very early. So it tells you something about the culture in the Bay Area that people are, were really on top of this thing uh, in a way that was really sort of upfront. And I think that's probably why, because you can start to see the numbers now, the Bay Area is doing a lot better than some of the other areas. The, the, yeah. the curve has flattened much more strongly here. I spend about half of my time reading various uh, sort of news outlets like mainstream media, a lot of that. Um, I've done a little bit of my own research on looking into some of the, the research on the coronavirus but also looking at a lot of the statements that various governments are making. So in the United States, of course, we have this federated system where there's all these different states and local municipalities that are pretty relatively independent of one another. So it's interesting to see what they say. So I look at like, what is the California state government saying versus yeah. the New York state government versus the Illinois state government? Um, unfortunately, uh, in California, um, even though we're starting to see some early signs of success, we know there's no way we can just open up again soon. Um, it's going to be at least until May, and it's looking like June. Because the thing is, not only do the number, I mean, the numbers are still going up, first of all. There's more cases. It may have flattened now, where the number of, the rate of new cases is seems to be roughly steady now. So hopefully that continues and that's the case. 
Um, but the thing is, like the numbers really need to be going back down. You need to you need to actually go down where there there aren't new cases. And then the other thing is, of course, within the United States and then within the world as a whole, we're so interconnected that you can't just open up well, because yeah. new people will come in and, and infect people. So yeah, exactly. So unfortunately, sure. I, think, yeah. I think in terms of travel restrictions, it'll it'll be a lot more of a long term process globally. But I think yes. it's very interesting to look at this issue of easing restrictions, especially as I say, I'm, I'm in Europe, so I've got those examples in my brain. Um, but, you know, Spain was one of the most worst affected countries. But then there's almost this two edged sword where you've got to look at health, but you're also looking at the economic implications of staying closed. There is a giant hit uh, from this economically. I mean, it's a it's a complete disaster as far as every every single business that actually where people need to go in and do something are being ruined by this. For and sure. the, 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 the local governments and the federal government are, are, are taking some measures that I think are probably helpful, but we'll see. I mean, there's no way this isn't gonna be a, a giant disaster when, when we look back on this. I mean, uh, it's horrible for people. If you don't mind my asking, uh, how about Money Button? So with Money Button, I mean, the thing is, you know, we are already fully remote. So we already work remotely. The business kind of has nothing to do with any of the parts of the economy that are being shut down. So the usage of Money Button, now we have we look at a number of different metrics for Money Button. So the usage is it's quite volatile. So it's kind of hard to know uh, what impact this has. Mm. I will say the the volume is measured in USD. So that like the fiat currency volume or like the amount of money that people are sending around with Money Button is actually continuing to increase. So that, you know, that doesn't mean too much just because our numbers are so volatile that it's hard to like, we'll have to really look back and see whether we can notice anything, Definitely, but we're yeah, pretty small it to this. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty small and we're not like, uh, we're, we're just not doing anything that's directly impacted by this. And I'll say that not only that, but the, the overall trend we see is, well, the economy as a whole isn't going to die. What's happening is there's a giant change in the economy. Some industries, like everything involving real world work, so obviously restaurants and things like this are just being ruined. Um, but things that are online are actually growing. So certain things online are growing. Not everything's earning more money because some of these companies like Facebook, like people are using Facebook more often because it's online, but the online advertising revenue is down. Mm. So it's not like Facebook's earning more money, but, but they are growing in at least some sense. We're kind of in that category where it's like, well, you know, we're, we're not really directly negative impacted by this. We're, we're sort of growing still. But at the same time, because of the giant negative impact on the whole economy, uh, it may end up being bad for us anyway. So it's, it's kind of unclear. I would say it's a bit early to, to tell. But I just want to make one point about the remote work, because we already work remotely. Mm. It does mean we can't meet in person right now because we, mm. we do meet in person a lot. Uh, but we're just working remotely. Uh, we use Slack and we use video calls. And so our day-to-day -day is actually pretty much the same as what it was. Um, so our work life actually hasn't been impacted by this uh, because of the way that we already work. Well, I mean, I've got to ask you then. I mean, I'm sure yourself, like other people, are used to going out for exercise and other reasons. As someone who's used to kind of, uh, I'd say, working more remotely and working from home, have you got any tips for people out there who might be going a little crazy? Sure. I mean, I, I'm going a little crazy myself. I, I, I am <laughs> one of those people like I go to the gym every single day. So I, I was like, oh, no, I detect they're going to shut things down. So I was going every single day and I went the very day that was the last day they were open. In fact, they even closed at 8 p.m. that day. Uh, and I saw, like, OK, well, at least I went to the gym as much as I could. Now, what am I going to do? Because I rely on going to the gym. Uh, so I like had to figure out a new plan for myself. So normally I lift weights at the gym. I don't have any of that equipment at my 
apartment. I can't do any of those same things. So I took up a completely different set of like exercise routines. So I took up yoga. I have a yoga mat. So I'm like, okay, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm terrible at yoga. I'm going to learn yoga. Welcome so I started doing yoga. Great <laughs> practice for the mind, body, and soul. That's cool to hear. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's so it's so important as well to kind of take this time and and use it productively. Um, and I think totally. that's that's something that we're seeing maybe as well is that I mean, there must be some serious changes coming to the world after all of this. Uh, not only in the sense of the ways that people might be working. All of a sudden, many of us realize that we work, we can work home more than we thought we could and things like that. Yeah. What are some changes that maybe you you kind of predict will, will come from this globally or locally? Yeah, so I completely agree with what you just said. And I've, I put some thought into that because it, it has it has like it, it's implications for my life because I expect my life to probably be different and I expect our business to probably be different. So I'm trying to figure out what do I think is going to be the consequence of this? I believe there will be changes. And the first one is, I know what's going to happen is, being someone that already works remotely, if you can work remotely, there are a lot of advantages to doing it this way. Because so many people are being forced to work remotely right now. Uh, it's, it's uncomfortable for some people, but other people are now being forced to recognize the benefits of remote work. I'm certain there are going to be a larger fraction of people that continue to work remotely after this because they they have to now and they're going to realize, well, I don't have commute time. I can do everything that I normally do. I can be with my family at home if you have children or something like this. And there are a lot of benefits of that. And the technology is already there. The video call technology, the communications technology is already there. We already have broadband everywhere in the world and and all the toolings there. So I think that there's going to be a, a sudden increase in the amount of remote work that lasts. The, uh, that's a good thing, I think, because I think that's for people where that works for you, I think it's actually good. Totally. There will be other things that are really weird, like uh, given what I've learned about the, the virus itself, um, I think what's going to happen is there's no way we're going to be able to eliminate uh, social distancing and physical distancing on a, on a sort of permanent way soon. What will probably happen is there'll be ongoing travel restrictions. You're probably going to need, we need, really need to ramp up testing. Testing is the biggest important piece because I already see companies like, just to give you an example, I read about Disney World, and of course, Disney World wants to open up again for people to come in and be able to visit Disney World. Mm. Well, they're talking about, well, maybe they'll take the temperature of everyone that goes to Disney World to make sure you don't have a temperature to make it less likely that you have coronavirus. What's probably going to happen is you can open up to group settings and allow people to get close to one another if you know that no one involved has the coronavirus. We're probably going to have to ramp up testing and you'll start to see group settings literally require testing. Either in order to go into Disney World, you have to be tested or um, uh, you end up having to do regular testing and get like authentication that you don't have coronavirus and weren't somewhere that had coronavirus. And so you'll to interject, up- but looking at that more long term, I mean, who knows what pandemics we know they're coming will be down the line at some point. So as you say, maybe then this will just be a system that's used and it will become the norm. But sorry, carry 100%. on because it's 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 really fascinating. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, I'll just I'm going to say uh, reinforce everything you just said because I agree with what you just said mm-hmm. there. I mean, I think that's exactly it. There's that that is let's put look at it in a positive light. You know, although Donald Trump likes to say no one saw this coming, I think yeah. that a lot of people actually did see this coming. Wow. There are infectious disease experts that have been it's talking about this for their entire careers. Exactly. Yes, I mean, uh, exactly. P- people. Exactly. And so this will not be the last pandemic. And we really do need global infrastructure to be prepared for the next one. So what will happen is this is the first one in this connected era. We will set up infrastructure and that infrastructure will last forever. We'll we'll then be able to 
handle the next one. Because what you really need more than anything else is you can actually strongly limit the damage with good testing. And the good testing is what we just don't have at all. So you need the ability to do testing and then you need to be able to ramp up for a new pandemic, you need to be able to test that particular virus when it occurs again. But the uh, whole idea of like, for instance, what may happen would be like um, your ID card may end up telling you whether you have been tested for and whether you have or have had particular viruses in the past. Uh, because that's needed. Like it, it's it, that we're going to literally require that to be able to open up global travel again. You can't have people from a strongly infected region go into a new area uh, that doesn't have it because the risk that they're going to infect everyone is too high. We're going to really need to know whether you actually have a virus or not. So we need strong testing. So I think that will be that, you know, it's going to come at a huge cost. But the, the thing is, pandemics happen somewhat regularly throughout history. I mean, this is yeah. not the first pandemic in the world. They have happened like regularly throughout all history. Yeah. Um, so we the, the infrastructure that we're gonna be forced to build because of this uh, will actually ultimately help limit the damage of the next one. And the other thing as well, I mean, just to also say, I think it, it's gotta be global as well, isn't it? I mean, it'll see governments working together perhaps in a way that we've never seen before. That's almost a world um, first. It's It's quite a scary thing, but also, hopefully a positive thing as well. Well, again, I'm just going to reinforce what you said, because I completely agree with you. And I share the same uh, sort of optimistic outlook. Mm. I, I think that I could I could imagine good things and bad things coming out of this. But I, I, what I'm very hopeful of is that the world is actually forced to work together on this in a way that has never happened before. We have this shared enemy, which is the virus itself. We obviously all have this in common. We all want to travel internationally. You can't have countries that have a giant problem because it's a problem for everyone. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's what will come out of this, that although it's uncomfortable and extremely painful and a, a giant economic problem right now, and, and it's really, for some people, a really big problem, including a fatal problem for some people. Yeah. Again, the optimistic way is that, well, at least we're forced to work together and we find commonalities when we didn't expect it. And maybe that'll make us stronger into the future. I totally agree. That's really well put. So is there anything else that you'd like to say just maybe um, personally? I, I feel very, very fortunate because I, having no direct connections to the virus itself and also already being in a working situation where I'm able to continue doing what I'm doing for the most part, I feel so fortunate that I'm not one of those people on the front lines that either have the virus, know somebody, or is one of these workers that has to deal with it, or is someone who's lost their job because of this. So I guess all I could say is, you know, I I, am, I, I feel bad that this is going on for these people. I don't know what I can do, but I'm very aware of, okay, um, I certainly want to help be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. So the, the best I can say is that I am aware of the possibility that myself as an individual or my company can be involved in helping to be a part of the solution somehow. We are not taking any active steps in that direction right now because we don't know what to do exactly, but we're aware of that. And I do expect that to, to some extent, we're probably going to change what we do in light of this. Like maybe we'll end up working with a company that is directly involved in the virus or something like this. So that's the best I could say about it. I, I'll Amazing. just say that fortunately I'm on the, the positive side and uh, I'm very fortunate in all this. And uh, I, you know, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we can help somehow. And if and when we all return to some sort of normality in terms of going out, what's uh, two of the things you're looking forward to most when you get out there? What will you be doing first? Okay. Well, as much as I love yoga, uh, I am definitely going to go to the gym as soon as the gym <laughs> opens back up. <laughs> uh, I'll say that. And then 
I'm going to fly to Argentina as soon as international travel is open again. I'm going to go visit my team there because the entire rest of the Money Button team is in Argentina. Uh And I was going to be there during this pandemic. And of course, I can't go there right now. So that's the other thing I'm going to do as soon as uh, as soon as I can. I'll be flying uh, internationally again. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for your time. Wonderful to talk with you. So that was Ryan X. Charles. Very interesting, I thought. Yeah, especially when the conversation went on to the chats of how this might implicate us in the future. I thought some of the things that he said uh, were very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to all need IDs, possibly every time we get into a group of people or go to Disneyland or something. I mean, who knows? It's a world. It's a world that's going to see changes in a way that has never happened before, perhaps. And even to the ways that we work. Yeah, exactly. We're going to see more and more people trying to work this out and coming to terms with the idea that actually it's not just when's this going to be over and we get back to normal. Things will likely be very different for for all of us going forward. And uh, of course, you spoke to someone on the other side of the globe. Uh, Should we have a look? Indeed. uh, I had a chat with Lise Lee from the Bitcoin Association. She's the China manager of the Bitcoin Association. Uh, She's in Beijing. And uh, she was over in London in February for the CoinGeek conference, uh, which she was able to come to, but a lot of other people from China were not. She, she'd been somewhere else earlier, so she was able to come to London. She wasn't able to go back home at the end of the conference and had to go and live in uh, the Philippines for a little while. Now she is back home. And my chat with her gives us a little idea of how things may be when the lockdown is eased off a little bit. Given that they're ahead of the curve, um, first affected, it'll be really interesting to hear. Oh, that's great. Should we have a listen? Let's see. This is Lise Lee of the Bitcoin Association. So Lise, hi, good to speak to you. Now, where are you? Oh, I'm at home in Beijing. Uh Uh-huh. And what kind of restrictions are there now on your movement? Uh, actually, uh, now I people are allowed to go out. We can go to shopping malls, to restaurants, and most of the restaurants and the coffee shops, they are open now. But they still have some uh, certain restrictions. Like if you, you want to dine in uh, restaurants, every table, they, there should be no more than two people sitting in the same table. And if you go to the coffee shop, uh, you, you will see the tables are put like they are over two meters distance. If you walk down the street, are people trying to keep away from each other still? Uh, not anymore, but people still wearing face masks. Because, hmm. yeah. I mean, that, that seems to be one of the interesting things, because when you reach that situation, it's not as if the disease has gone away. And so if you haven't had it, um, you must still be worried about getting it, I suppose. Uh, yes, that's even uh, the same feeling when I was in uh, in Manila and also in London, because I, I read a lot of news. Those news are all mostly uh, in Chinese. So I read a lot of news. I got more information than any other country's people. Yes. So back then, I um, I also felt very anxious about the disease. But people around me, like when I uh, visited Manila or when I in London, people around me, they don't care about the 
the the disease. So for me, is I'm I was struggling inside. Should right. I wear face masks? Should I keep away from people? Should I avoid handshakes? So I feel anxious about that. So, so it's very strange that now you're back home and people are more relaxed. And over here, we are very anxious, of course. Yeah, I know. It's like maybe it's the same situation like um, in China two months ago. Mm. So have you got any advice for us about how to cope with it? Um, for me, I feel strange that uh, I know a lot of uh, people in Western countries, they, they don't want to wear face masks. Uh, for me, I, I don't know the reason because, you know, in most Asian countries, wearing face masks is quite common. Not only, do not only doctors wearing face masks, but it's really a good protection uh, way yeah. for people. Yeah. So if you have to go out, uh, I recommend, I, I highly suggest that you should wear a face mask or at least put something uh, over your mouth and nose. Right. It's really efficient. It's the most efficient way and maybe cost very little. And also, uh, I know it for some people, it really sucks staying at home for uh, days after days. But um, it will be even more suffering if you got the disease. Yes. So are you still staying at home more than you used to now? Um, yes, but I also uh, went out maybe twice or three times a week. Things are getting uh, back to normal in uh, in China, especially in other cities. Beijing is is still the top one uh, high alert uh, alert city in China because it's capital city, and uh, people are um, a lot of people coming from other countries. Are uh, they there are only uh, straight flights? landing in uh, in Beijing. So it's uh, the high alert city in, in in China. But I know in other cities, people are free to go out and they, they went to, they go to the office um, are, as usual. Are people being told to be careful with, you know, shaking hands and stuff, because otherwise it could all start again? Start again. Well, that you could. What, 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 the discussion here is how do mm. we get out of the lockdown phase without just letting um, the growth of the virus get very fast again because more and more people are transmitting it. Ah, uh, yes. If there's not, if it's not necessary, do not go out and contact strange people because you don't know. <laughs> the stranger with where he's been to or who's who's he's contacted with mm. so it's a self-production mm. also uh for me it's the same i i only go out if there there's something i have to do right so it's not back to normal really yet uh of course no but it's much better than uh one or two months ago right Good. And so um, what do you do to entertain yourself in your house? Do you play games or? Uh, like uh, online shopping. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, like buying things that are not food? Uh, buying things. Um, yes, also food, mostly food, because, right. uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to the supermarket. No. So we, I order food online every day and they will they will deliver the food the 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 box to the the gate of our community and everyone go there and collect the the box wow that sounds great that you can have that yes so even my mom even my parents they are over 60 years old they know how to order food with their smartphones so they also just went like 200 meters and go to the gate the gate of the of their community and uh, collect the delivery. That's so a, it's quite convenient. That sounds really good. I mean, because we have uh, online food uh, ordering that we use every week, but it's all completely booked up now. The, there's just not enough people to deliver it, and so you can't uh -oh. get a. You can't. We had some delivered a couple of days ago, but it, I can't book another slot now. It's actually the same when. Uh, it was in maybe during January or early February in China. It's the same situation when the pandemic break break out, but it will get better. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lise, really? th thank you so much for talking to me. It's really nice to hear sort of uh, the story of uh, a country where things are getting better, not worse. That really is encouraging to hear. Oh, sure. I enjoyed this talk. Thank, Thank you. you, Charles. So did I. So that was Leesley. I really enjoyed talking to her from Beijing. Yeah, I mean, it's great to get a sense of the light that's coming at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and that There's hope that this will hopefully all be resembling some sort of normality sooner than later. Yes, a little bit of hope there, definitely. So we've had the view from Beijing and we've had the view from California. What have, what have we got lined up next week? We will be speaking to people in Norway and Australia. So it should give us a nice picture of how it's affecting people across the globe. So BSV enthusiasts will be able to try and guess who those people are that we're talking to, but you will have to come back to the podcast next week to find out. But Natalie, it's been great having you joining me on the podcast and uh, look forward to more of this in the future. Thanks so much, Charles. I'm sure we'll be chatting on Zoom, Slack and the rest of the tech that we're now using every day in our working life. Exactly. We might even make a phone call. You never know. <laughs> See you soon. Thanks so yeah. much. Thanks. Bye. And thanks for listening to CoinGeek Conversations. Oh, and if you wouldn't mind just uh, liking us or sharing the video on YouTube, that is always helpful to us. So thanks. Thanks for tuning in and bye for now. We'll see you next week.